Hello, friends. Welcome to Spooky or Not, a podcast where every season is spooky season and anything spooky, bizarre, paranormal, or not is up for discussion. Today, we're going to be talking about witches and their enchanting history. Stick around as we look to explore their diverse practices and debunk some common myths surrounding the world of witches. Get ready for a spellbinding journey into the mysterious and magical. This is Ari. And I'm Julia, and if this is up your alley, creep on listening. Oh my god! Okay, so this week we are digging into witches and witchcraft. Very exciting. Now, for those of you wondering at home, she speaks. It is true. I do. Now, while Ari has been in charge of hitting us with the facts and history of our previous topics, I'm in charge this week, baby. Yeah, I am so excited. And everyone else probably is, too, to hear a little bit less from me and a lot more from you. I have been looking forward to this since we discussed this back in November, I think, where we've been kind of planning for this topic and you said you wanted to take points. So I am so excited for this. Yay. Well, perfect. I think that we should go ahead and just dive right in. Um, So I'm going to start us off with a question. Now, when you hear the word witch, what do you imagine? What comes to your mind? Ooh, Good question. Um, Honestly, I think I imagine like a, (laughs) it's so stereotypical, but like the witches from like kids Halloween movies where it's like um, a woman in like, like long gothy black big sleeves and um, not necessarily the hat, but just kind of a woo. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I always think like of the little old hag, right? She's kind of like hunched over. She's probably got a hairy ward on her face. She's got her tattered clothes. She definitely has a pointy hat. Just probably flying around on a broom. Um, and we've been given those images of witches in various forms all throughout history. You know, you might think of somebody flying through the sky on a broom. Maybe they're stirring a potion in a cauldron. Maybe it's a little bit more of a modern take. Is it a teenage witch just learning to control her powers or a trio of sisters? Maybe it's even a bunch of British teens at a boarding school. It could be male. It could be female. There's lots of things that have been given to us over the years. Now, while there are a million different ways that witches have been portrayed, the real history of witches is dark and often for the witches deadly. Shocking, but not shocking. Witches and witchcraft have long captivated the human imagination, stirring a potent concoction of fear, fascination, and folklore. The history of witches spans cultures and centuries, shaping narratives that blend mysticism with social anxieties. Now, witchcraft is often associated with supernatural powers and rituals and has roots in ancient civilizations. From medieval Europe to ancient Greece, Various cultures have embraced or condemned those who believe to possess magical abilities. Now, early witches were people who practiced witchcraft, mostly using magical spells and calling upon spirits for help or to bring about change. Most witches were thought to be pagans doing the devil's work, 
Many, however, were simply just natural healers whose choice of profession was misunderstood for the time. Well, that that sounds like a, a trending theme throughout history for many things. It's all a big misunderstanding. They're not necessarily, if I'm if I'm getting this right, they're not trying to hurt anybody. Um, or I guess maybe most of them aren't. They're just doing their thing, but it gets associated with doing the devil's work. You hit it right on the head. Witch hysteria really took hold in Europe in the 1400s when many accused witches confessed, often under torture, to a variety of wicked behaviors. Now, within the century, witch hunts were common, and most of the accused were executed by being burned by the stake or hanging. Just like you had said, single women, widows, and other women on the margins of society were especially targeted and accused of practicing witchcraft. Now, while being burned at the stake or hung in the town center was a popular option in dealing with a witch, they were often tested prior to that in what was called a dunking. Now, this is when a witch was thrown into a pond or river with their hands and feet tied. If they escaped, they were deemed a witch, and if they did not, they usually just drowned. So definitely it was a lose-lose situation to actually getting to the point of being tried for being a witch. Um... Excuse me, that, okay, so I've seen that and heard that portrayed like in a joking way. I did not know that that was actually what happened and that, that pisses me off. <laughs> like there's literally like you die this way or you die this way just because we're assuming something about you. Um, and of course it's women, of course. Of course. Uh, this was one of the shocking things. Uh, we usually like to give a lot of stats and figures, and this is in a time period where things were recorded. There were trials and records of things that were actually going through, like the court systems of that time. Um, but since there was this pre-trial ducking period that a lot of witches go through, the numbers, I feel like, are a little skewed when you say you only killed 100 people, but maybe 50% of those made it, you know, made it through a ducking, that kind of thing. So not a great situation. Mm -mm. Now, people's belief in witchcraft was so strong at the time that it was made into a criminal offense. In 1542, King Henry VIII passed a law called the Witchcraft Act. Now, under this law, people were forbidden from using magic to commit murder, to make people fall in love, and even to find buried treasure. Witchcraft remained a crime in England for almost 200 years. In 1735, the act was changed to say that anybody who claimed to be a witch and sold spells and charms was illegally tricking people into handing over their money. However, the law was still called the Witchcraft Act until it was finally repealed in 1951. Essentially, anyone who did not fit into the cookie cutter mold for the time could have been accused and had to deal with the repercussions of that accusation. Did you say 1951? 1951. So in the 50s. <laughs> no, under a law, an actual law. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it's interesting that back in 1542, that they were acknowledging witchcraft as like a real thing. And then it progressed to like, oh, you're tricking people. And now it's just like, oh, you're different. You know, I don't know. It's just... It's so interesting. And I can't believe that went all the way up until the 50s. 
One of the things in my research that I found that I did not know going into this was that kings were some of the big fire starters, um, instigators in all of this, which I would have never necessarily imagined at the time. But there were multiple books that were kind of taken very to heart and were very popular at the time that were written by kings. We won't talk a whole lot about that. It was a, an interesting fact that I thought. That is interesting. What did they Did they feel threatened? By these powerful women? Of course. A lot of the stories that I read were about women basically on the outskirts. They didn't have a lot of money. It wasn't like they had a following. Like they were kind of just single women who didn't have like a husband and children. And I want to be like the small majority of that population in your total population shouldn't be such like a divisive thing for a king. But Apparently at the time it was very triggering. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, okay. Um, hmm. That's, that's rude. Very. Now, as witch hysteria decreased in Europe and how trends usually spread, the Americas picked right up on this practice real quick. Between reeling from wars between the French and British, a smallpox epidemic, and the ongoing fear of attacks from neighboring Native American tribes, there was a tense atmosphere that was ripe for finding scapegoats. Probably the best-known witch trials took place in Salem, Massachusetts in 1692. Everybody's probably heard or read about the Salem witch trials at some point. The Salem witch trials began when a nine-year-old Elizabeth Paris and an 11-year-old Abigail Williams began suffering from fits, body contortions, and uncontrolled screaming. Now, today it's believed that they were probably poisoned by a fungus that caused these spasms and delusions. As more young women began to exhibit symptoms, mass hysteria ensued, and talks about using black magic began, just like they always do. So once everything was said and done, about 150 people had been accused and 18 were put to death. Isn't it kind of crazy? I feel like I remember reading about the Salem Witch Trials growing up in school. And now when I look at the numbers, it's like only 18, like 115 and 18. Terrible uh, against any right. Shouldn't have never happened. But I want to be like, oh, that seems like here in America, such a small number. Right. And this was just Salem at the time, right? This is not any other colonies, but I want to be like, oh, for something that becomes such a popular topic, this is just like the teeniest, tiniest percentage of what actually took place during this time. Now, two things to note. I learned that during the Salem witch trials, no one was burned to death. In fact, no one found guilty of witchcraft was ever executed by burning in the American colonies since immolation wasn't permissible by English law. So nobody could physically be burned. They were all hung. Uh, second thing to note, women weren't the only victims in the Salem witch trials. Six men were also convicted and executed. Now, while most of the focus on this topic surrounds women, men were included with a little less fanfare. Historically rooted misogyny led many to believe that women were somehow more susceptible to the dark arts or temptation by the devil and therefore more likely to be witches. But men did practice too and were called by many names, including wizard, warlock, or sorcerer. Okay, so listen, I'm not trying to celebrate the, the death of men, but um, I was seeing a trend up until this point where it was, you know, heavily lady focused. So, you know, um, 
at least we are looking collectively at everyone in this situation still absolutely terrible um that's really interesting about the burning thing because i think that is burning and hanging are the two things i think of when i think of the salem witch trials and any sort of witch death so i'm glad that the burning thing was not permissible by law uh this is still tragic anyway but um that is that sounds like an absolutely terrible way to go so at, at least glad for that and uh it's crazy how again just it's just a misunderstanding of what what people are doing not to say that any of these people couldn't be sketchy of some sort but it sounds like a lot of them were probably just misunderstood maybe a little different who knows what mental health you know concerns they had back then that no one knew about and so they were just labeled hysterical or um you know into dark things yeah and all of this i kept thinking such a this is such a weird thing for anybody to like fixate on and become like so offended by that they would need to jump into action to take out a witch right like so i kept trying to think about like what would be the insinuating action of like unless somebody was like out in the town square and was like i'm gonna hex you like what what would have been so offensive of somebody practicing in their own house that would have caused somebody to do this and i kept thinking like it's probably a con right somebody somewhere probably sold somebody a potion or a lotion or a cream and said it is going to do this or you say these words and you're going to win all of the potatoes in the land it's gonna they're all coming to you baby and then when it doesn't come true and they've taken your five pounds now it's an issue for mm -hmm. for everybody that kind of thing so i want to be like did a con artist somewhere start this whole downward spiral Ooh, that's a really that's really interesting to think about. A con artist takes advantage of the witch hysteria by conning using witchcraft type things. Also, I would like the potato spell, please. Yeah. <laughs> All the potatoes come to me. <laughs> Okay, now modern media has played a pivotal role in shaping societal perception of witches. From Shakespeare's iconic witches in Macbeth to contemporary depictions in films and TV series, witches are often portrayed as powerful and ominous figures. Stereotypes persist, often linking witches to malevolence and dark magic, yet there is a growing movement to reclaim the term emphasizing empowerment and connection with nature. We've definitely seen this uh, through the practice of Wicca. So in the 21st century, witchcraft is experiencing a resurgence fueled by fascination with the occult, a rejection of institutionalized religions, and a desire for spiritual autonomy. Online communities, books, and social media platforms provide a space for modern witches to share knowledge, discuss practices, and debunk misconceptions. Now, I am an avid consumer of social media and see many content creators building a following and communities throughout Instagram and TikTok. Now, Ms. Ari, have you ever seen this type of content? I know that you are not huge on social media. Um, 
no <laughs> no if i'm you're right if i'm on social media it's like i'm going for something specific and not just browsing and having things come to me usually um but uh, that's good that there are people trying to talk about what it's really about and kind of break down those stereotypes and maybe people who are interested in it have comfort in a community of people who understand them. I think that's a great way to look at it. Like I said, I spend far too many hours on social media. And while I am drawn to this type of content and astrologers and tarot readers and all that kind of good stuff, it, I think that I really saw a wave of this type of material come through during the pandemic. And isn't that the, the crux of everything in social media is that when nobody could leave, the only option you had to continue that type of work or build a community or reach new new people in that setting was to do it through through online. And so I feel like for somebody who, like myself, who wouldn't necessarily go out into my community to meet and interact and join those types of group, I think it's interesting to see them uh, flourishing online through social media. Now, as we wrap up today's episode, I'm going to do a lightning round of 10 witch facts. Ah, I love it. I love the witch facts. Okay. So, Ari, have you ever heard of Wicca? Okay. I have. Um, but I, I have, okay. I have heard of it. I'm looking forward to hearing maybe an explanation of what it is because I definitely don't know what it actually is. But when I was in junior high, um, one of my friends uh, said she was into Wicca. Is it, you are a Wicca or you're a part of Wicca? Yep. You follow Wicca. You are a Wiccan. Wiccan. Okay. Okay. So she said that she was Wiccan then. Um, and <laughs> she gave me a, a ring that had like a green gem in it. And she said it would make the boy I had a crush on like me back. <laughs> I love this story so much. Also, shout out to your junior high friend. You're doing not the Lord's work. You're doing the Wiccan work for everybody here in Oklahoma. But spoiler alert, it didn't work. Oh, well. <laughs> you're just a baby witch. It's fine. <laughs> now, Wicca is a modern pagan religious movement often associated with witchcraft and was officially founded by Gerald Gardner in the mid-20th century. It's always a Gerald out there. Like, what a basic name. And he started this whole wicked movement. Gerald Gardner? Come on. Typical Gerald. Now, its followers typically identify as witches. Wiccan groups often consider it to be more important for all members to follow the same ritual procedures than to believe the same thing. So it is more important in their eyes that people are maintaining safety and following the same kind of step-by-step through their practices, as opposed to believing like, if I do this, then this is the outcome. Or because I'm a witch, we should all think this way. So we had to start with this one as our first fact. I had to throw it in because it felt a little amiss not to include even a mention of Wicca, which we hadn't done up until this point in our talks about witches. But this itself is a vast topic and could be spoken about for, for hours on end. Now up next, have you ever heard the term familiar? Um, I know the word familiar, not it as like a term of something. Now, witches were believed to have animal companions or what they would call familiars. 
Now, these animals were associated with witches and seen as their magical companions and a link to the world of magic. Now, you've all probably heard a story of a witch having a black cat. But in the Tudor times, it was thought that witches kept a variety of demons and spirits that could take the shape of any animal. These were known as the witch's familiar, and these spirits would help the witch do their magic and to curse people on their behalf. Cats, ferrets, even toads were thought to be a witch's helper, and they would give them their own blood to drink. Oh my gosh, this is so cool. Um, not the cursing people um, or the demons, but uh, just having like a little witch animal, like Cooper could be my familiar. It could be your familiar. Give me your blood, Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> now, our third fact is that witches are often linked to herbalism. Potions class with Severus Snake, for any Harry Potter fans out there. Many traditional witches were knowledgeable about plants and herbs, using them in potions, remedies, and rituals. So what do you think the most popular potion was, Ari? Ooh. If you were going to go to a store and buy any potion, what would you buy a potion for? Oh my gosh. Okay, I think it's a toss-up between like a live forever, look better potion and like a love potion. You hit it right on the head. Potions to make somebody fall in love with them were the most popular, which is very timely for Valentine's Day right around the corner. Up next, we do not know where the word witch came from. All the etymology geeks out there may or may not be surprised to know that the word witch is of indeterminate origin. The closest and most obvious possible origin is the Old English word witch, which means female sorcerer, and is the basic linguistic root for the modern-day pagan religion Wicca. Now, here's another question for you, Ari. Do you know the term for a group of witches? Uh, witch eye. It is, it is. Just drop the S, add a double I at the end. Um, now it's a coven, you probably. Oh my gosh, okay. <laughs> Never mind. You got it now. Um, when modern witches gather together within a select group of other practitioners, they are called a coven. While some witches prefer to fly solo and are also known as solitary witches, those who wish to practice in a group can seek out an appropriate coven to help nurture their needs. Any American Horror Story fans out there probably know coven and witches and all that good stuff. Up next, our fun fact, which is not so fun, was that the last conviction of witchcraft occurred in 1944. Again, very close to the 1950s. The last time somebody was convicted of witchcraft was just a mere 80 years ago. Jane Rebecca York was a medium in East London who came onto the London police's radar because of her claims that she could talk to people's relatives who died in the war. She was tried for taking advantage of people's wartime grief and was convicted under the Witchcraft Act. However, rather than being burnt at the stake, she was fined five pounds. Oh, gosh. Okay. I'm so glad that had a better ending. Um so she was a medium. Yeah, a medium. Long Island medium's London friend from 80 years ago. Um, golly. She wasn't hurting anybody. Like she wasn't. People were probably coming to her, getting some comfort. And she, you know, could have been burned or 
hanged or whatever since other people were. So five pounds. Ugh. Okay, good. Yeah, it takes a, the story peters out towards the end. It becomes way less aggressive than it actually started. Uh, that's so crazy. 80 years ago, like there are people that's 80 years ago. That's nothing like that's crazy. Okay. Another question. Do you know what a witch's spell book is called? I'm not trying to trick you. This is one that you know. It's just like Coven. It's just like Coven. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, a witch's spell book. Is it just spell book? So close. Many modern witches have a collection of rituals or recipes that they use in their ceremonies or festivals. And when gathered all together in one place, that collection is called a book of shadows. According to Wicca Living, a book of shadows is somewhat like a journal, but with a decidedly spiritual and magical focus. It may include spells, names and dates of Wicca holidays, incantations and other ritual language, list of magical correspondences for colors, crystals and herbs. That is really cool. I did not know that. Um, I've heard the term book of shadows, but I didn't know that was kind of just a general term for a collection of these things. Very cool. It is, it is. Um, and doing my research for today's episode, I also found out that there have been several apps and websites designed and created so that their Book of Shadows can go online. Our eighth fun tidbit is about witchcraft and feminism. Now I'm nothing if not a girl's girl, and in recent decades, there has been a resurgence of interest in witchcraft as a form of feminist empowerment. Some see witches as symbols of resistance against oppressive structures, drawing parallels between historical persecution and present day struggles for equality. Go girls. You go girl. You know what? This doesn't surprise me because I was already feeling that I think early on, I was like, wait a minute, it's just women. Like I was already feeling that in this topic anyway. So it's interesting and does not surprise me. Very awesome stuff. I, I do like that. I appreciate that. Same. In researching, I found our next fun fact about witches is that Sweden has something called Easter witches. In the United States, witches are often associated with Halloween. But in Sweden, there are Easter witches. According to Time, little girls dress up in rags and old clothes, two big skirts and shawls, and go door to door with a copper kettle looking for treats. The tradition is said to come from the old belief that witches would fly into a German mountain before Easter to cavort with Satan, and on their way back, Swedes would light fires to scare them away, a practice honored today by the bonfires and fireworks across the land. Now, in my research, before you say anything to about the Easter witches, the pictures of these little girls are adorable. It is nothing like an American Halloween witch. It is very much the folklore of colorful rags and flowers and, and everything cute. They are adorable going door to door dressed in their little witches getups. They are precious. Oh my gosh, I love this. How adorable and what an interesting tradition. I've never heard of that before, but how fun. They are so cute. Now our last fun fact 
is modern day stats on witches. Witches have not only been around for thousands of years, but they're also still going strong today. According to an analysis of several studies by Newsweek, there are approximately 1.5 million practicing witches across the U.S. in 2018, which means they slightly outnumbered the 1.4 million mainline members of the Presbyterian Church. Not to mention, the number of witches is on the rise. In 1990, there was just a mere 8,000 practicing witches, so it definitely blew up on the radar. It was shocking in 2018 that there were more practicing witches than Presbyterian that would answer a survey from Newsweek. Wow, I was not expecting that number. That's really cool. Uh, I guess social media, like you talked about earlier, is thanks for a lot of that, being able to spread the knowledge and build communities and things like that. Uh, definitely easier now than in the 90s when you said there were just a few thousand. Um, that is very interesting. Definitely. There is an author whose name is Julie Royce, and she told the Christian Post in 2018 Wicca has effectively repackaged witchcraft for millennial consumption. No longer is witchcraft and paganism satanic and demonic. It is a pre-Christian tradition that promotes free thought and an understanding of earth and nature. So definitely yeah. a much more modern take than the old dark magic with the devil. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I can definitely see that getting more people involved. It's not a scary thing. It's yeah, like more of a relaxing thing and a freeing feeling. So that's it. A very basic and broad scope of witches and witchcraft. What do you think? I learned so much. This was fascinating. I think this topic, like you said, has so many other tunnels we could go down. Like every section that you talked about was something new and something I honestly am interested in exploring. So yeah, this was really fun. I definitely think it opened my eyes to more of what happened in the past as well as where it is and where it's going today. I love that. It was fun to share with y'all for the first time coming from my side of things. And hopefully, like I said, we will drill down into some more of the nitty gritty or maybe scarier witch topics in the future. That's what I was just thinking, you know, as always, we would love to hear your thoughts on the topic and find out if you learned anything new about witches like I did. Um, but if there's any topic in particular that Julia covered today that you'd be interested in maybe a full episode on, uh, let us know. You can send us an email to spookyornotpodcast at gmail.com and tell us what you think or DM us on Instagram at spookyornotpodcast. Breaking news. While you have been able to find us exclusively on Spotify for the last 11 weeks with week 12, we are now also on Apple. Like, subscribe, share with your friends. Ooh, I'm going to have to look into that. I don't even know how to get to Apple Music. I think that was the first app I like hid on my phone. Bring a podcast app. So if you have friends that have not been listening to us but would love it, but are only podcast app people, we got a couple of friends that are like that. So we're excited to share our content with them. 
Very exciting. Um, we will have everything linked in the description, including the numerous sources Julia used for this episode that you can go to to find out more information. We'll have our email and a link to our Instagram as well. So thank you all so much for listening. And Julia, great job. Thank you. I love it. It was so much fun. We will see everybody next time for another Spooky or Not episode. <laughs>